This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're new here, please rate us, please subscribe, and please review us. If you have a recruiting question, make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for a chance to get that recruiting question answered by our talented team of analysts at 24-7 Sports. We're going to be joined by one of those analysts, Charles Power, here in a bit to talk about five-star quarterback Quinn Ewers out of Texas. He is the number one prospect in the 2022 class, according to the update in the top 24-7. We are also going to discuss a couple of big commitments that happened over the last couple days, including Alabama landing a big-time linebacker and Arizona State going across the country for a prospect in the state of Florida. Charles and I will also go in-depth on the update to the top 24-7, including a couple of the prospects that moved up, standout positions, and which programs are off to a hot start in the 2022 cycle. But before we get to Charles, let's blow the whistle for the kickoff. Get ready for a flurry of new commitments, folks. I am pulling out the crystal ball and I'm calling my shot. I'm thinking there will be a number of new commitments in the coming weeks as high school football and what that future this fall keeps getting pushed back further and further. We've already heard several states state that there will be no in-person classes. There will be no extracurricular activities after school. And that means that football is either pushed back to the end of 2020 or early 2021. The state of California specifically is supposed to announce its plan moving forward early next week. So as things get more and more clear and things get more and more concrete, it sounds like recruits will start to snatch up their spots at at specific colleges. Remember, the recruiting dead period was pushed back to the end of August, so that's still five weeks away. What does that mean? I'm thinking more activity in the next few weeks before visits are even a possibility. Some recruits have been taking measures into their own hands, going out to college campuses, taking self-guided tours, going through a mock day at a college campus, going from classroom to classroom, going to the dorm rooms, going to the student center, checking out the facilities, going out to see the stadium. It's all part of a new world. And as football and, and basically what we know a fall to be, like keeps getting pushed back it's only accelerating and pushing forward recruiting activity and i'm expecting a bunch of more commitments in the coming weeks let's bring in our guest now charles power he's a national analyst for 24 7 sports you could follow him on twitter at charles power charles how you doing i'm doing good rankings day uh pretty busy uh on our end as, as always but uh fun also i mean i i, I enjoy it even if there are people who disagree. It's it's fun to kind of explain the rationale and, and finally put out you know what we've been working on for a month. Rankings day. It's it's a busy day. I'm sure you've gotten uh, some text messages, some direct messages. 
yeah. maybe some phone calls, uh, and obviously on the message boards and you know on Twitter and and on social media, wherever it is where people are consuming the rankings updates. It's a huge day for us to, like you said, maybe kind of explain it or offer a little bit more background. And particularly with the 2022 class, it's a bit tough because right now the deep dive is off of sophomore film. And without the presence of off-campus or off-season camps, uh, combines, showcases, summer, uh, summer school camps, it's been a bit tougher to really differentiate some, some prospects. We do, though, have a new number one prospect atop the top 24-7 for the 2022 class, and that's quarterback Quinn Ewers uh, out of South Lake Carroll High School in Texas. You wrote a, a great piece. Let's hear right now from South Lake Carroll coach Riley Dodge, who spoke with Trey Scott on the College Football Daily, and then we'll get into yours. I think a lot of people listening probably would not totally grasp how big of a deal the big 6A schools are are in Texas and, and the way they do football. South Lake Carroll isn't just a football team. This is a program. You've got a Pop Warner pipeline. You've probably got middle schools running shell versions of your plays. And so mm-hmm. I, I say all that to kind of ask, when did you know about Quinn Ewers? When did you know he was going to be special? And, and I'm wondering if that even predated when you were named the head coach. Yeah, I knew um, I knew a little bit about Quinn when I was the offense coordinator at Northwest, I'm good friends with uh, Graham Harrell. And at the time, Graham was the offense coordinator at North Texas. And, uh, you know, me and uh, Graham were talking one day and Graham said that uh, they had camp one day and that he had uh, offered a, a seventh grader. <laughs> and I was like, you have to be kidding me. He's like, he's actually from South Lake. And I was like, I was like, that's, that's absolutely wild that the seventh graders getting offered a, a scholarship to a division one program. So when I got the job here, I had a decent idea of Quinn and that we had a, a young quarterback in the pipeline that was, uh, uh, from what everything that I heard that I had heard was pretty special. So he, as a freshman, you had somebody else and he makes varsity as a sophomore, I believe. And it was it just a slam dunk for him to be the starter? Yeah, I think, you know, early on in his freshman year, we decided to play him on JV and uh, we actually moved him up to the varsity um, his freshman year um, during the playoffs. And uh, Quinn actually punted for us during the playoffs when he was just uh, as a freshman. You could kind of tell, even though he was just punting, not playing quarterback, just the uh, type of, intangibles that he had nothing really phased him and he didn't really the bright lights didn't really bother him and then going into sophomore year going into spring we had um, Quinn and then uh, another quarterback that we uh, ended up moving to tight end Blake Smith that's now at Texas A&M playing tight end for the Aggies but uh, yeah we uh, I knew pretty early that it it was gonna be Quinn going to sophomore year and uh, he had a a fantastic uh, uh, sophomore year did he exceed expectations as a sophomore yeah he did he did he um you know i think early on you know as a me being the quarterback coach and the play caller you spend a lot of time with him so uh you know he's only you know at the time he was 15 years old so you really don't know what you have until you know the lights turn on and um you know i think once we got through um non-district play our first three ball games and hit a bye week he, I, I really felt like we had something special in this kid and we were able to put a lot on his plate offensively uh with formations and different concepts and really uh challenge him and uh to lead us as a, as a young kid um last year and uh he uh, really took off um as we uh entered district play it sounds like intangibles 
I've read some interviews uh, from what you've said about him and listening to you talk. It sounds like those are off the charts. What else makes him special to the point where we're talking about him on a national college football podcast and he's hasn't even started his junior year of high school yet? Yeah, you know, I, I think the the one thing I try to pride myself in is just knowing quarterbacks, and that's the position I played. And um, I've been around, um, you know, as a player, been around a lot of good ones, and as a coach, been around a lot of good ones at the college level as well. And you know, God just gave him a lot of abilities. You know, I mean, he's got one of the biggest arms I've ever been, uh, seen in person, and but it's very smooth. It's not, uh, it's not uh, rigid. It's very smooth, and uh, he's just got a lot of ability. Just uh, throwing the throwing football and then you know, I think the one thing that stands out and tangible wise with him is he's just a he's a cool calm customer nothing really phases him you know on or off the field he is he is very laid back and I think that's something that you need at the quarterback position but understands when he has to turn it up and uh, you know challenge his teammates so there you heard coach Riley Dodge out of South Lake Carroll High School in Texas talk about yours his star quarterback a five-star prospect and now the number one player in the 2022 class when you look at him Charles when you see his film when you think about his upside and what his long-term potential is you've likened him to Trevor Lawrence yeah I, I think I started to kind of think about this comparison a little bit um, when we were kind of starting to go through the, the 2022 rankings and um, yeah I, th I think the obvious compare the obvious first point of comparison is it, Quinn Ewers is the first number one prospect at quarter number one overall prospect at quarterback um, in the top two four seven since Trevor Lawrence in the twenty eighteen cycle. Trevor Lawrence, I think I believe Trevor Lawrence debuted as the number one prospect in the twenty eighteen cycle as a freshman. Quinn Ewers was, was number two when we kind of expanded this list, um, but he is the first one really to even be in the top five um, this, this early, the first quarterback to be in the top five this early since Trevor Lawrence. So that's kind of a natural point of comparison. Uh, I think it's important to make the distinction um, that he is the, maybe the best junior quarterback prospect since Trevor Lawrence, but like Blair, I mean, you saw it firsthand. We had DJ Uyagole and Bryce Young uh, in the 2020 cycle, and they both ended up with 100 ratings from 24 seven sports. So that kind of, um, puts them on the same rating pedestal as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So um, you were, there's obviously, you know, we're, we're ranking sophomores, still a ways to go, but uh, I think there's a, really a lot of reason to be excited about kind of his potential uh, as a prospect, kind of from what we've seen, from especially from his sophomore year, which is really fantastic. Yeah, when, when I see his film, when I see him in, in the pocket, I just see a guy that's in complete control. Um, yeah. I, I feel like he's so calm. He's so serene back there. He's reading and scanning the field, and he seems to be, I think, two steps ahead of everyone else on the field, knowing exactly where the, the defense is, knowing exactly where his receivers will be, and then you match that with his arm talent. It's just so easy. Uh, the ball comes out quick and smooth, and, and he's got really good arm strength to fit it in between levels of defenders. He can fit it into tight windows. He can loft it when he needs to and put a little touch. He's great in, in the red zone. His decision-making is good. He, I think he's, he's a very good athlete. Uh, yeah. He can tuck it and run and take off when he has to. Uh, from a well-rounded standpoint, um, I, I just feel like his his limit 
is is unmatched at the 2022 class at the quarterback position. I just can't see another prospect based off what we've seen on film from sophomore tape mm-hmm. being able to match what he can bring. Yeah, he's I mean, he's very advanced for 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 this stage and uh, all quarterbacks a developmental position but I mean, he's developed like he can't kind of came out almost fully formed as a sophomore. He was really kind of instantly dominant and where he's kind of, kind of following Texas high school football and watching all of these other quarterbacks um, and, and these top teams that were, you know, yours plays at, at the highest level of uh, the highest class in, in the state of Texas. It's like six, a division one. So um, he's a guy who everybody saw and, and really faced some exceptional teams and, and a lot of top talent. And he was just such a good player um, in a lot, a lot of the attributes that you kind of pointed out. I mean, he's just very complete and, and the, the performance, especially in big spots, was just was just really hard to argue with. Um, you know, just a, a guy who, is, like, like you said, two steps ahead, the game moves in slow motion for him. Very accurate, uh, efficient, makes makes really good decisions, strong arm, makes really small window uh, throws. Uh feels the rush exceptionally well. So, um, man, it's like, I, I think like if, if, even if you maybe put him in the, in the, the 2021 cycle, he would for sure be one of the better quarterbacks. Like I thought just regardless of class, um, uh, he, he has a very strong case to maybe just be the top overall quarterback prospect in the state of Texas. So, um, it, it might really look, look to be that perhaps even last year as a sophomore. Um, so, so he's a guy who's, who's very advanced, high floor, and uh, it looks to have a high ceiling as well. Um, and and when, when you're talking about, you know, 4,000 yards, 45 touchdowns, just three interceptions, he ran for close to 600 yards and, and nine touchdowns uh, against really, really strong competition. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination in terms of like his, his floor as a prospect. More than two dozen scholarship offers already for Quinn Ewers, a five-star quarterback out of South Lake Carroll. Oklahoma, Texas, and Ohio State are among the schools that are up there for him and, and considered front runners. The Sooners right now have two crystal ball votes, the only two votes in the crystal ball. Uh, it, it's it's noteworthy, obviously, to 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 say that Steve Wiltfong, uh, national director of recruiting at Twenty Four Seven Sports, has a two on the one to ten scale in terms of confidence meter. So. Uh, I think maybe a, a long way to go for Oklahoma to lock that up. But if the Sooners were to add a Quinn Ewers after just landing Caleb Williams in this 2021 class and, and having some of the guys that they have in their quarterback room, uh, could you find or could you think of a better place or destination for a prospect of his caliber? Oh, that's tough to say. It's it's kind of it's hard to see him not really succeeding wherever he wherever he chooses to go. Um, I miss it's hard, I mean, from hard. from an offensive standpoint yeah. and from the scheme and and based on what we know of some of these schools, I, I feel like he fits stylistically what Oklahoma loves to do. I'm, I I just you know getting the ball out quick, uh, making things happen outside the pocket. Uh, you know his his ability to read and and maybe tuck it when he has to. Um, I don't know. Just I think just offensive scheme wise, I I would lean towards Oklahoma being probably the best fit to really match his overall potential. But like you said, when a program gets a quarterback like Quinn Ewers, then you maybe ship right or you shape your your offensive mindset based on his skill set and what he brings to the table. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I I think it sounds like the 
the main school's kind of, you know, in, in the mix with, with him or, um, I, I think it's like Oklahoma, Texas, um, Clemson, Ohio state schools like that are, are, are the ones he's talking to the most. So it's really kind of like a, a lot of the elite programs we see in college football. And man, like, I, I mean, I think he'll be able to make plays anywhere, but it's, it will be very interesting to see kind of where he chooses to go, how, how that could impact quarterback rooms. Cause a lot of these schools are, you know, recruiting, um, top quarterbacks, if not every year, every, every cycle, every other cycle. So his recruitment is going to be, um, you know, really, really interesting to track Blair. I, I know you kind of had some interesting stuff on the kind of the, the, the slowed down process of, of uh, just the, what we're seeing across the, the 2022 cycle. And I was thinking of you yours when we did this ranking last year for the 20 uh, for the 2021 cycle, it felt like all the quarterbacks were already committed. Um, and they were guys who, who were committing after their sophomore season. And, and there was really, we kind of saw the, quarterback dominoes unfold early and it's kind of it's a little bit refreshing to be talking about um a a top quarterback who's uncommitted and um kind of the ramifications there so it's kind of interesting storyline as well as we kind of talk about the 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 rankings and some overall recruiting trends yeah hold that thought we're talking to charles power he's a national analyst for 24 7 sports we're going to be right back after this break okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, I am Blair Angulo, joined by Charles Power, national analyst for 24-7 Sports. We were just talking about Quinn Ewers, a five-star prospect, quarterback at a South Lake Carroll High School, the number one player in the 2022 class. But let's take a little more of a deep dive into the rankings update. We refreshed them earlier this week, a new top 24-7. And, and Charles, only six of the top 100 are committed currently, and only 17 of the overall top 24-7 have come off the board at this point. So I think everything has slowed down, obviously, given the, the current situation and the circumstances. Uh, I think it's a, a little bit more important for the sophomore class, which would be this 2022 group, to get out in front of coaches during the spring evaluation period, being able to impress them in person, going out to showcases, going out to camps. That's a big part of the process. So without those offers without the attention it's harder to really come come to a decision right if you're a recruit if you don't have all the options on the table like maybe you would in a traditional recruiting cycle uh you're naturally going to see less and less commitments and activity so it all adds up but i feel like there will be a flurry of of activity and commitments and and decommitments even later on in the process as as we continue to go through uh football but there are some really strong points that make us feel confident from a positional standpoint uh among this 2022 group we like what the defense brings to the table right there's a lot of defensive ends a lot of cornerbacks uh, among the top 24/7 in the 2022 class yeah, no, no doubt. I and kind of going through how we did it, Blair. Like just going through each position. Uh, I think the day, the day that we kind of sorted out um, the defensive positions, I, I kind of thought to myself, like, man, this 
this, this edge group is pretty, pretty advanced for, for this stage. Like I felt like we had, we had a lot of guys that were kind of in the, the top 100, top 150 before we got to this update. And when we stacked them all up, there were some that looked like they were maybe guys with, with, with five-star type ceilings. So um, the, the group in South Florida in particular uh, on the edge, I thought was, was really impressive. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., who everybody probably knows uh, his dad from, from playing at Florida State. I think he was a Heisman finalist linebacker at Florida State. He's uh, at American Heritage, really twitchy, um, explosive edge rusher who has shown a lot of promise. Um, Kenyatta Jackson is one in South Florida, um, another one. And, and then we had, we had two edge, two more edge guys in the top 20 overall prospects uh, in, in the state of Texas, Malik Silla from Katie and, and Amari Abor um, from, from Duncanville, two power programs. Um, and, and they're held in really high regard as well. So um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, obviously edge is, is, is a premium position and, and that's something that, uh, it's it's encouraging to see so many uh, promising prospects there this early, um, and and I, kind of a little bit of the same with with cornerback as well. Um, I think our, our highest rated non five stars, Damani Jackson, who's right in your backyard, Blair at at, at modern day, um, really strong athlete and fluid, and kind of has all of the physical tools. Uh, Travis Hunter is one who we we've talked about a good bit. And, and, and hashed out his ranking. Uh, one of the better players uh, in, in the Atlanta area as a sophomore, a guy that we kind of saw uh, covering uh, Eric Gilbert, you know, the highest rated tight end in 24-7 sports history. Uh, he was, uh, uh, Travis Hunter was, was following him around. Travis Hunter's actually committed to Florida State early. Um, and a guy who really plays uh, a lot, like a lot and re- hyper-productive uh, on both sides of the ball, but also plays uh, receiver as well. So, um I think there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of promise with the edge and corner groups for sure. Um, those were kind of the two positions that, that stuck out to me as well. Yeah, Damani Jackson and Travis Hunter are among the cornerbacks. There, there are ten of them that are committed or that are in the top 100 currently in the top 24/7. So that's a a loaded group. We're joined by Charles Power. He's a national analyst for 24/7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Charles Power. Charles, right now, as as things stand, like we mentioned, there's not a lot of commitments, but a school that does have a lot of success early on and, and is off to a pretty good start in 2022 would be LSU. They have four commitments in the top 24-7. So of the 17 players that have committed, four of them, or essentially 25% of them, have come off the board to LSU. They've got Bryce Anderson, a, a safety. They've got Brian Allen, another safety, a cornerback, Kamari Rogers. Um, they've also got their quarterback already in, in Walker Howard. This is what we talk about when we say that winning a national championship not only gives you uh, an edge that that year, but obviously the following year. I think when you start thinking of, of the depth chart and where programs are in terms of a transition and being able to make an impact down the road when when some of the players that have been making such an impact on the field leave the program, go to the NFL, and, and are productive, uh, I think it starts to help the staff load up and, and really replenish the roster. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think it definitely makes a, makes the sales pitch a lot easier and and Blair, I think that's a great point. And that's something we kind of talk about all the time is, you know, fans will ask how will the season affect the recruiting? A lot of times it really rolls over to the next year because a lot of the opinions are being formed uh, among prospects earlier um, and, and kind of what they see when they're 
uh, you know, 10th, 11th grade kind of, you know, helps them kind of, you know, form, form their opinions. And I think the success, uh, the, the success that teams have when prospects are underclassmen certainly contributes more than, than when they're seniors. Cause a lot of times the recruitment is just kind of wrapped up and the relationships are already formed by that point. So I think that's, that's, that's a really good point on, 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 on your part. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's just, it's just interesting to, for me to see, um, how the recruitment has, has really slowed down. So what we were talking about a little earlier, um, I, like I, it's, it's going to be a very interesting process to kind of see how this evolves, not only from, you know, our perspective with how we evaluate prospects, um, kind of with the uncertainty that we're going to have coming up with, with the seasons. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of, uh, interesting ways that people are going to have to gather information and, and piece together evaluations. And I just think it's super interesting from, from a recruiting standpoint, um, how the evaluations are going to be slowed down because of this. And uh, it it seems like it's pretty wide open. Like I'm, I'm sure, I mean, not, not to really to our our own horn, but I'm sure colleges are pulling up our ranking and looking at it today, maybe more than normal trying to like, everybody's trying to figure out, you know, kind of, what the opinions are on, on these underclassmen, because like you said, uh, the, the off season is, is so crucial for kind of getting eyeballs on, on prospects and, and verified information and seeing them in the camp setting and just kind of really put, figure out who to put on the radar. Yeah, for sure. I think upside maybe more so than ever will play such a big role Mm -hmm. in in just the long-term projection uh, obviously not as many eyeballs on some of these prospects and it's going to be more difficult to offer based on production and results and, and what right. you see on the field I think these coaches are going to have to judge judge a lot of this on on projection upside and and what a potential could be yeah no doubt and I, I, I yeah I think that's something that we're trying to factor in with, with our rankings as well and I, I found myself today kind of re- reminding um, a lot of people like posters on the message boards like hey like we're talking about guys who are just coming out of their 10th grade year so we're, we're projecting physical growth with, with a lot of them um and it's something you obviously have to monitor uh but, but i think as it relates to to you know how big they are what position we project them to a lot of times you'll have you know we had uh prospects who were you know 195 210 pounds and we're projecting them to probably be linebackers and having kind of had to explain to, to fans like look like this isn't a senior he's not about to enroll in, in college he's a 10th grader um and if you kind of track the developmental arc of these of these prospects they almost all get bigger so and, and that can affect where, where they end up positionally um so, so that's i think it's really important kind of understanding and kind of admitting like hey like this is a moving target and these prospects are going to change a whole lot between now and and signing day so it's, that's something I think that is really important to, to keep in mind here as well. Ohio State, which currently looks uncatchable in the 2022 recruiting title race, they have three commitments so far in 2022, and, and all of them are, are already included in the top 24-7. Alabama has a couple of commitments. Uh, going back to LSU, there's another prospect that they're going after, and, and Quinn Ewers was not the only one that moved up a spot. Walter Nolan moved up and got a fifth star. Uh, he's a 6'4", 300-pound defensive tackle from IMG Academy in Florida. He's got the who's who list already on his offer sheet. Bama, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, LSU, Miami, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee. I mean, you go down the down the line and, and, and basically every top program is already after Nolan. 
Yeah. And, and Nolan is a great segue Blair into kind of what you were saying about the physical upside projection, because he is, there is not a ton of early um, career video out there on, on Walter Nolan. Um, he he tra- just transferred to IMG from, from Olive Branch uh, in, in Mississippi, kind of Metro Memphis area. Uh, and, you know, the, there's been rumblings that he's a really good prospect for a while and he's looked good in camps. But man, like I, I kind of had some increased ex- exposure to him recently in, in watching some camp video and, and getting some some times on him. And he looks like rare at, as an athlete at, among the interior. He's like six, like over six three, six three and a half, six four, over three hundred pounds. He runs a sub five second electronic forty yard dash. I mean, if if he were to go to some camps, he would have probably been clocked in like the four sevens at three hundred pounds as like a you know, 15, 16 year old. I mean, just exceptional athleticism. And when you watch him and it's not just like a deal where he's just like maybe might be kind of like a, a, a speed guy who can't like functionally move, but he's very fluid. And, and then you kind of watch him in one-on-one settings and he's just pushing the, the offensive lineman, um, you know, back into the backfield. So like I, I, he should show out at IMG, but like, man, he looks like really unique um, relative to some of these, early defensive tackles we've seen it kind of reminds me maybe a little bit of of that class uh a, a couple years ago that recently got recently got drafted with Rashawn Gary Dexter Lawrence and Oliver he kind of looks like those like those guys who are kind of top 10 you know start to finish defensive tackles uh so he he was like that kind of prospect now I mean I was I, I'm pretty excited about about tracking him the next couple of years because he looks um like the real deal physically Charles Power, he's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. Charles, before we let you go, let's break down two of the biggest commitments that went down this week. Let's start with four-star inside linebacker Kendrick Blackshire, a 6'2", 245-pound prospect from Duncanville, Texas. He has committed to Alabama. He's the number eight inside linebacker in the 2021 class. What do you like about Blackshire? Yeah, so Kendrick Blackshire is is one of, if I was making a short list on prospects I really want to see play this fall. He would be on there. Um, missed the entirety of his junior season uh, with, with, a, with a knee injury. Played probably, I want to say, eight or nine games uh, as a sophomore at Mesquite Horn High School prior to his transfer to Duncanville. And he's at Duncanville now, which is one of the top programs in the country. So really hope to see him play this year. But man, he is uh, he's has a unique build at, at, as an inside linebacker. I mean, he's, like, like you said, 6'2", 245. Um, just just uh, a big kind of strapping build uh he's a physical presence but he's shown that he can play in space i mean playing high school football in texas you're playing a lot of spread offenses and he's had to kind of cover in space a little bit but um you know having not really seen him a whole lot in the last year in terms of a live football setting really looking forward to seeing how he looks but like physically and kind of in terms of the the his you know physical traits he looks like a kind of what you consider a throwback alabama linebacker um, maybe not dissimilar from like Shane Lee, who they currently have on their roster, but I know, you know Alabama is known for kind of those big um, inside run stoppers, especially early in the Nick, Nick Saban era. And, and that's kind of what he brings to the table, um, but also has the ability to kind of drop and cover. So, so he, he's one um, who I, I think is, is really one of the more intriguing prospects that we have in the top two, four, seven, because we haven't seen a ton of him on the field recently, but um, he should, he's one who he's been on the radar for a long time and he definitely has shown some promise when he played. Yeah, Alabama getting a good one there with a lot of upside and a, a top 10 prospect nationally at his position. 
And the other big commitment of the week was Tommy Hill. He's a four-star athlete from Edgewater High School in Orlando, Florida. He's a member of the top 24-7 for the 2021 class. He has committed to Arizona State. Now, the Sun Devil fans will will maybe, uh, you know, grimace a little bit from time to time because ASU hasn't essentially prioritized the the local region, and, and that being the state of Arizona. We, we've seen countless players from the top programs in the, in the state of Arizona leave the, the state to go play at other places, go go play at other Pac-12 schools. Oregon alone already has three or four commitments in, in this 2021 class in ASU's own backyard. But when ASU is going across the country to, to the state of Florida and reeling in a top 24-7 prospect to, to play defensive back and a guy that our, our, our guy Andrew Ivins has compared to J- Jordan Fuller, uh, you, you kind of – I, I, I want to say you understand or, or you you find maybe some clarity or you, you understand why a program like ASU, which is trying to build its its staff from an NFL standpoint, from, an, you know, maybe kind of having an NFL structure to the whole operation with Antonio Pierce leading the charge in recruiting. They have Kevin Mawai, a former offensive tackle, you know, coaching that position and, and really getting in uh, early with some 2022s. And Chris Hawkins, a former USC defensive back and also a grad assistant at, at, at USC, making his presence felt on the recruiting trail. What, what do you like about Tommy Hill? What do you think his potential is uh, in the Pac-12, which obviously loves to throw the football around? Yeah, I, I like Tommy Hill a lot. Um, he he's one that I think probably would have had even more offers if there had been like a full camp season because he he plays receiver at at Edgewater High School. It's one of the one of, I think it's one of the biggest high schools in the state of Florida. They were in the state championship this year against St. Thomas Aquinas. His teammate Christian Leary is committed to to Alabama. He was the other receiver um, for Edgewater. And Tommy Hill is is he is kind of been experimenting playing cornerback a little bit and like I think he has shown some really promising upside as a corner in 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 the in the camp settings kind of early on before the before the shutdown um we, we, we've gotten some video on that Andrew Ivan saw him in person and man like he he is long he's fast very physical at the line of scrimmage I, I think I mean we, we have him at, at 218 overall and I think he's a guy that that you know probably would have a case to maybe even have been higher just based off the the little the bits and pieces I've seen just just in terms of the potential he showed I guess he he would have the potential to, to maybe be higher which with an expanded um exposure to him but uh and, and just kind of seeing him play more cornerback but man he has a really really high ceiling I mean he's talking about like good athleticism he ran uh an, an 11 one uh at at like you know six one six two 185 190 pounds um so you talk about the size speed and he really kind of shows the makeup for it as well and obviously has the ball skills being a receiver so and I, I think he has the potential to to, to be a, a, a top flight corner in the Pac-12, assuming that's kind of where he settles in at, at Arizona State. So I mean, that's I think it's a big pickup for them, and and really kind of a steal out of Florida. ASU had the number four class in the Pac-12 in the 2020 cycle, and right now currently sit at number eight. But they have a lot of national targets that they're still in on, and obviously without the presence of in-person visits, I think things are a little slower for ASU. But we can expect them to close with a flurry, especially given the fact that they are a program that on the field is is on an upward trajectory with a sophomore quarterback and Jim Daniels, and and them making a push. Right now, they have. 
two commitments from the state of Florida, one from Texas, one from California, or two from California, one from Michigan, one from Wisconsin, one from North Carolina. I mean, they're they're all over the map, and uh, they're they're trying. I think a really unique approach, uh, and and it's going to be interesting to see how everything works out for them. Charles, it's been a pleasure as always. Can't wait to to have you on this show again, and and can't wait to to chop it up. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right. That's Charles Power. You can follow him on Twitter at Charles Power. That's going to do it for us. Remember, if you have a recruiting question, please leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're putting together another edition of our hit mailbag edition of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.